Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cross Council Podcast. Today's episode of the podcast covers part two of a discussion that was started last week about what are protective defenses. What do we mean by that term? You know, we explore it really extensively. So here's the rest of that. We hope you enjoy. But first, we're going to get a quick word from Jenny. Hi, this is Jenny. My role is to manage the relationship between you and Cross Council. It's been a pleasure connecting with so many of you over the years, and we're so grateful that you are a part of the growing number of people tuning into our podcast. More than ever before, people are realizing the importance of maintaining mental health, but they're still struggling to find genuine and lasting peace. However, more and more people are coming to Cross Council, engaging in our melt process and finding genuine freedom from lifelong burdens, including depression, anxiety, and addiction. God is truly blessing our ministry, and we are growing faster than ever before, which is why I want to take a moment to invite you to partner with us. We have never turned anyone away for their inability to pay for a session, and our team of donors is vital to keeping that a reality. Please join our team. With your support, we can continue to offer the profound healing of transformational prayer that has helped so many find real and lasting peace. Just go to crosscouncil.com and click the donate button to get started. We can't do this alone, and your generous monthly gift will change someone's life. You know, if we could just get that in our heads, <laughs> that it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to be real, it's okay to feel and let ourselves look at why we're acting the way we're acting and be truthful about it. Um, but we have this enemy that's wanting us to do the opposite, and I think we fall prey to that too much. Just those thoughts that what's going to happen, you know, if I feel that pain, you know, then they'll reject me. If I, if I start to remember those things that happened to me, I'm going to get stuck there and never get out. And unfortunately, when we go to our leaders, many times at church, we don't hear, um, let yourself be real, feel what's going on there. Let God show you what's happening inside we don't hear those things. We we and this isn't all churches, but it's been my experience anyway that we hear things about performance, how to perform better, how to not feel that and just believe what God says, or judgment or anger toward us. Okay, so for someone who's still kind of, you know, learning these concepts, uh how would you define a protective defense? Like, how would I know that that's something that I'm doing, for example? The easiest one is anger. When we get angry. Um, Just in anger, general? Yeah, I would say, wouldn't you, Steve, that when you get angry, mm -hmm. it's a way to, to push a person away from us and get uh, protect ourselves, what we might be feeling inside when that person is doing what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. I, I would even back up a step just to accept whether you can accept it yet is I do this. I must do this. I'm human. I try to protect myself. So it's there. Lord, help me to see those places where I'm doing this. And boy, anger is number one on the list to try to self-protect. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever I find myself getting angry at something, <clears throat> and because Wes and I are out here on the farm, it's generally him <laughs> that I feel <laughs> angry towards. That the chickens are angry with? Oh, you? Really? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's his fault, you know, if the chickens are doing something. <laughs> you know, whenever I feel myself getting angry at him or it, for me, it just looks like I'm irritated. I'm irritated that this happened or that he didn't do this or did do that. I make a note. I mean, I know as it's happening that there's something else going on here, right? I know as it's happening that this is a way that I'm protecting myself from whatever it is that just happened. Um, but that doesn't stop me from getting irritated or frustrated, right? It's like when when that button gets pushed, the emotions come out. I can't stop that. But then once the emotions come out, then I know, okay, that that really wasn't appropriate. That it's not. And many times I'll go and apologize. We're really good actually at keeping the slate clean between us. And it's always no big deal. Right. It's just no big deal for us. He he always says that. But yeah, that's I noticed that happening just, you know, when things don't go right. Or for me, when a plant dies, or maybe several plants die because we didn't get on a bug problem fast enough or whatever. Honestly, why do I get so upset about that? It's what's going on underneath the surface because that happened. Um, that I need to take a look at. And honestly, that exact example there, I have never looked at what's going on <laughs> underneath there. Mm. So I need to do that because <laughs> that's a common one that happens. Oh, we just lost that <laughs> lemon tree. What the heck did, we... okay, <laughs> who's at fault here? <laughs> yeah. And that's all the time we have today. Say, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I will have a demonstration of what a ministry session looks like. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. I've never started a ministry session with, oh, the lemon tree died. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's worse is it's not dead. It's just partially on its way out. Oh, I've had several of those. Okay. That's okay. fine. All right. <laughs> The lemon tree is on its way out. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, anger, you know, and you know, that might, honestly, there might be people that are pushing back on that, you know, um, and Jesus did get angry. Okay. So we're not saying all anger is evidence of some lie-based pain underneath there. This Because for Jesus, it wasn't. Um, but for us, that anger is protective. You know, for Jesus, it wasn't. He 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 truly had righteous anger about a situation that was occurring that he knew was not right. But for us, most of the time, it is protecting something more vulnerable underneath it. So it's much easier to get angry, especially for men, don't you think? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've never been angry. About you, John. <laughs> <laughs> Here the boys demonstrate gaslighting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Part two of our yeah. Yeah, very no, think, yeah, obviously. And, and I think men's anger is more uh obvious. They, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Demonstrative, I think. But uh mm-hmm. just with what you were saying, Mary, just to make clear, there can be something that is wrong that's 
it's unrighteous mm-hmm. that it's not just and we can have a certain level of response that's a mm-hmm. healthy correct level but it just gets mixed in with our stuff and that's where it goes off the rails yes. so and 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 i just want to share this as a public service yeah. announcement is that what they're called yeah um while you're driving and you come to a stop sign well more like a red light you can take a right on red right a right on red that's right <laughs> you have you that freedom that. so <laughs> i know there's the instances of somebody who just sits there and doesn't take a right but what i'm talking about is because you can take a right on red doesn't mean you can blow through the red light so i just had that this morning where i'm coming through it's green mm-hmm. and and so the person coming you know to my right just as like, oh, it's it's red, but I'm going right. And didn't cut me off, but I was like, seriously? And so, because this is the way we live, right, Mary? It's you just go, mm-hmm. okay, what was that response? Mm-hmm. So that's breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was unjust. And so I think there's a part of me that's like, but I'm a rule follower. <laughs> of course, <laughs> when it comes to the speed limit, I think there's a little grace there, right? Because you see... You go with the flow yeah. of traffic, right? Absolutely. But I'm, I'm not crazy. Be led in the spirit. My speed. <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. That's, Just that's kidding. the fine print under that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly, exactly. 70, right? But yeah, so t- just today on my way to work, there was somebody who ran a red light going right, and then somebody else who pulled out from a stop sign and looked at like, and there's a hill, I get that. It was. It's one of those sort of dangerous intersections where people nudge out a little bit. But she nudged out halfway, so she was blocking me. Mm. And so I think she was like, well, since I'm already this far, I'll just keep going. <laughs> and looked right at me. as she, <laughs> If I wouldn't have hit my brakes, I would have hit her. Mm. So, you know, the first time, whatever. Second time, must be a podcast subject. But <laughs> yep. there, is, there are things that rise up in me like, well, what about me? Mm-hmm. Don't you see me? So mm-hmm. that's gotten a lot better over the years, but it's still, I still feel that it's like, okay, Lord, how much of that? Okay. Both those people did not do a good job driving in that instance. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first one though, I didn't get cut off. There was no danger for me. So I go back mm-hmm. to Jesus telling Peter, what is it to you? Mm-hmm. But the other one's a little bit like, that was uncool. You looked right at me and you still were like, ah, nope, I'm going. Mm. So. Anyway, just to get back to that, there there is a righteous response, and then it's our response as well. So, but the way we live our lives is taking a look at what, okay, Lord, what else needs to be addressed there? What's mm-hmm. my lemon tree? And for me, an easy way to tell is, um, what am I feeling here? Because anger is the easiest thing to feel, right? Anger is very easy to feel. But when as the I kids say, a hundred percent. Yep, keeping it 100. (laughs) (laughs) But in that, if I slow it down later and I replay that situation, I'll find that I feel some fear. I feel a little bit of shame or inadequacy. I feel other things in that. And that tells me this isn't just anger over something that shouldn't have happened or is unjust. There's things in, in that that it's exposing that I need to look at. Uh, Another question that I've asked myself and other people is, 
So if that anger was gone in that situation, if I let go of that anger, what would I feel there? I would still feel some stuff when it's, when it's um, connected to lie-based pain in my life. I would still feel some stuff there. And so that's where the, it mixes in, like you said, Steve, where it's not just about you know, the, the righteous part of it, but for most of us, it's a protective thing. There's anger there. That's, it's protecting other things that are more vulnerable, you know, fear is a very vulnerable feeling. And, and so is um, shame or embarrassment, very vulnerable to feel those things. So anger protects. And we know in a, in a ministry session, when we're inviting the Holy Spirit to a place to bring his truth to a person. If they have anger in that situation toward a person, and and it depends on the memory and the person and how old the person in those memories is, but in general, the person won't receive the truth that they're needing from the Holy Spirit because they have anger there. And so if, if it, it needs to be moved out of the way because it is a protective thing, right? So we're we're in prayer before the Lord with a, this protective shield on our heart. Just doesn't work very well. That's one of the ways that that we do protect ourselves. It might be helpful for people just to have us like list off some real specific guardian lies. And I sort of touched on that a little bit, but there can be lies like, "Well, I'm a Christian." I'm forgiven. Mm. It's in my past. Mm-hmm. It, there could be things like, well, they didn't mean to do it or yeah. it was no big deal. Or there's things around like with parents, well, they had it pretty hard. So, I, you know, it's it's not a big deal. So I don't have mm-hmm. to deal with that because, yeah. So there's, there's so many different things like, or if I go back there, I'll get stuck. Mm-hmm. People really believe that because they, when they go back to, not, and not everybody has like horrible, terrible uh, mm-hmm. physical trauma in their life, but everybody's, everybody's got trauma in their life. Right. But, but those people who've really felt that the weight of trauma and the, and the um, catastrophes, <laughs> they come around, well, if I go back there, I'll just get stuck. They really, that really does feel very real to them. And that is another one of those protective layers. So it's another one of those, quote unquote, I don't want to be light to say excuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I go back there, I'll get stuck. Or if I go back there, uh, or I don't want to dig that up. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to dig that up? Well, because it still stinks. There's still stuff rotting back mm-hmm. there. So I, hopefully that helps people when we're talking about guardian lies. It's it's those kind of things that we, mm-hmm. we used to deny on the front end, even like coming from ministry. Well, I read my Bible. I pray. I do all that stuff. That's not exactly a lie, but it's it, it's it's a way to kind of work around some of those things. Okay, how's that working for you? Yeah, right. and the opposite of people who've been who really have had some serious trauma in their past is people who've had a good Christian life. They say things like, "Well, my pain isn't that big of a deal," and they measure it against other people's. And we hear that a lot, and it it really grieves me when I hear that. So the fact that you know I was left alone after school, you know, every single day of my life, it's not a big deal. You know, I wasn't beaten or some other 
awful trauma that could have happened to me. So my pain is not a big deal. And they minimize it as if that doesn't matter, you know, as if it doesn't matter to God and, and it grieves him. And so that's a common one that we hear. Oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Oh, it's not, you know, I don't, you know, and, and actually in class, um, we're going to watch a demonstration of a session I did where a person said just that, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. And then five minutes later, they're just sobbing because they actually entered into that memory and owned the feelings that were there and uncovered the wrong belief that was there. And Jesus brought them peace. So if she, they hadn't been willing to do that, that would have, that pain would have stayed there. And that lie would have stayed there because well, it wasn't that big of a deal, right? That That's a way that we try to tell ourselves things to make us feel better. And honestly, I remember as a kid telling myself those things made me feel better in the moment. Well, you know, I have good parents. They're, they're doing the best that they can or, or, well, it really wasn't that it's not that big a deal that that person, you know, took my bike or whatever they needed it more than me, you know, just all these ways to try to rationalize actually facing something that hurt. And, and I got really good at it. And most of us are pretty good at it. And, and those are the kinds of thinking those are the kinds of beliefs that we have, like you said, excuses or lies that we tell ourselves. And I really do believe <clears throat> that the enemy is there to do that when we're really little, to tell us something that when we hear it or say it, it feels good. It makes the pain a little bit better for the moment. It's a counterfeit, right, to the Holy Spirit bringing his truth there. Yeah, there's so many different ways that we deflect. Maybe that's another word that would be helpful for people who might deflect mm -hmm. these things. Yeah. I was doing a, a session for somebody, and and they've been really faithful at trying to go after their stuff, but they got to this place where, well, I'm just stuck. But there was there was some uh, anger, and, and this person said, I, I never thought I was an angry person until I started doing this. <laughs> right. Well, welcome to the club. Right. And that. I encourage this person to like really look at that, the judgment, the anger, the resentment, you know, those kind of things in that place. And as you really focus on that, so it's still in your heart around that thing right there. Mm -hmm. See what happens. And like, yeah, a memory showed up, boom, it emerged <laughs> so quickly. And then one just trailed right behind it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Look how quickly when you chose to face that, engage that, not deflect, not guard it, not protect mm -hmm. it, boom. And it was beautiful. This person mm -hmm. had a great encounter with Jesus in this one place, and it impacted the other one that was that was parallel to it. Mm -hmm. So it was just, boy, I wish we had that on video. <laughs> I wish we had that exactly. right there. It's just <laughs> such a good example of, well, I'm just stuck. Okay, lean into it, and then pop. <laughs> it was yeah. so cool. Wow. And just, just to let people know, because I used to think this way, um, that we don't uncover things and just leave them uncovered, right? So what I'm talking about is, and I've had family members where this has happened to them, their kids went to a counselor and the counselor had them look at all these bad things that, that the parents did to them. The kids left with anger. And now I have these realizations of all this bad stuff that happened. I should have not been treated that way, or it was wrong of you to do this to me. And it was wrong 
you know, you were a bad parent and all that. That's tragic to me that a person would go to a counselor for help. And and this isn't all counselors. It probably is very few that do this. But I think there's a fear out there that people are afraid if I come to cross counsel and I start unpacking these things, that that it's going to ruin my relationship with that person because I'm going to find out they were a terrible parent or I'm going to find out I had an awful childhood. But but we go a step further and we bring whatever those feelings or thoughts are that you have that are in there. We don't put them in there. You expose what's inside of you that you do believe. And then we bring that in front of Jesus so that he can bring truth to that and resolve it. So even if it is true that your parents messed up, all of all of our parents did, and I did too as a parent, but even if that is true, the Lord can bring peace and freedom there to that person. So they don't have a need to write a mean letter, which has happened to some of my family, (laughs) write a mean letter to their parents about how you did all these terrible things to me. And, and now I'm messed up and it's all your fault. I mean, what a hurtful thing on both ends for that to happen. So we help a person resolve those things and take ownership for what's inside of them because of whatever good or bad happened to them in their life and get free of that so that there's peace on on their side. And hopefully that keeps that relationship open with whoever the person was that they felt like had hurt them. It's an approach that's really unique, actually, in the world in general. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that because we don't want to be professional pacifiers or coddlers. Mm. And I think that's what can happen, whether it's uh, professionally with counselors or lay people. There are so many people that reach out and might have the quote unquote gift of mercy. Mm. But what that could be driven by is loneliness. And the more that I'm able to reach out to people and get them on my side, and if that means dishonoring parents mm-hmm. or dishonoring somebody else, just be on my, I'll be on your side, but it really, you want them to be on your side. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not our approach at all. We are, we're not here to dishonor anybody. And I mentioned that, okay, well, as we go here, we're not here to dishonor your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, whomever. This is about getting freedom. Because when you do work the process and you allow Jesus to sort through those things, there's compassion, there's grace, there's mercy for people who have hurt you deeply. Mm-hmm. It's so much different. So yeah, that's that's our approach. We don't want to just make people feel better. Mm-hmm. And, and what you're saying, Mary, I also, where my mind jumped to was, I used to watch this uh, reality show that was about like messed up restaurants. And so I can't, I can't imagine because you go and I worked at a restaurant. And so some of it was like, Oh, totally. This, this goes on all the time and you can see the deficiencies. Um, so, but imagine somebody going into a restaurant who's a professional to go, go in and help turn it around. Cause that's what all, you know, all these places are in crisis, but what if the guy just went and just looked at, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And then he left. That okay, you pointed out some things that maybe I didn't see, but then where do you go with that? Yeah, but it's it's when they point things out that are wrong, and hey, here's how to correct this. Let's align this. Let's let's put this the right way. 
And that's what we're about is to not only point out things and we're, it's really not our job to point out things. Our job is to help people see what needs to be what God's pointed at himself. That's a better way to say it. And some people say, well, I haven't prepared for this session. I'm like, okay, when have you not felt peace in the last day or two or week? Oh, my reaction here, here, or here. So God's pointing those things out. He's walking alongside us that whole time saying, hey, maybe you need to identify what's going on with that reaction there. Yeah. So that there's resolve because he straightens things out. He goes in. He doesn't go in like when people who say, well, why would I dig that up? Well, because it's still there. It's not about the memory. It's not about the experience. It's what you're still carrying. Fill in the blank. It's so it's not it's not about us trying to make friends, but people have great respect for what they do when they experience what Jesus does. Then they start telling friends and family about it because it's about what Jesus is doing, not just oh this this man this woman here who's who's at cross council they're they're just awesome. <laughs> it's they're pointing me to Jesus in a way that I never thought possible. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place, and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by His truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.